Good morning. Guilty. A long-awaited verdict in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. A unanimous jury has found Ghislaine Maxwell guilty of one of the worst crimes imaginable. Bringing the highly scrutinized case to an end for now, Jeffrey Epstein's accusers reacting to the news overnight. We were told constantly, you know, these people will never go to jail. They, they're too powerful. They're too rich. We'll bring you an exclusive interview with one of them. Worst day ever, a new COVID record, half a million cases in a single day as the CDC fights back against criticism for cutting down the isolation timeline for people who test positive. We'll break down what you need to know. New Year, same story, holiday travel still backed up, many passengers still stranded. I just want to get home. As officials fear New Year's parties could fuel an even bigger spike in coronavirus numbers. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is joining us live with just a day to go before the ball drops in Times Square. Breaking overnight, a maintenance worker who snuck into a zoo enclosure seriously injured by a rare tiger. That tiger shot and killed. Authorities now looking into how the attack happened and why the worker may face criminal charges this morning. Space Race 2022. After an incredible year of first, the future of space exploration looks bright. Three. Two, one, and liftoff. We'll get a glimpse at the new frontiers of a global competition and the fascinating milestones ahead. Those stories plus New Year's jackpot. Still no Powerball winner in the last lotto drawing of the year as the prize grows to $483 million. It's still up for grabs in 2022. So will someone start the new year off a whole lot richer? Today, Thursday, December 30th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And welcome to today. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday morning. I'm Peter Alexander here again with my weekend today co-host and friend Kristen Welker. Savannah and Hoda are off again today. Hard to believe barely 48 hours till the new year, but it'd be a nice way to start the new year with half a billion dollars in your pocket <laughs> if you win that lotto. What do you say after the show? We go and get yeah. our tickets. It's a it's, plan. I think it's worth a trip. Another busy <laughs> morning. We're going to get to that news mm. breaking from overnight that the U.S. has shattered its single day case record again, nearly doubling the peak from a year ago. It comes as the world is set to celebrate New Year's Eve. As we just said, the preparations in nearby Times Square now well underway. So how will the recent surge in cases affect this New Year's festivities? We're going to talk to New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, who joins us live in just a few moments. But we begin this morning with that guilty verdict in the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, the former girlfriend of disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, was convicted for helping him recruit, groom, and sexually abuse teenage girls for at least a decade. NBC's Kathy Park is outside the federal courthouse in Manhattan this morning with more. Kathy, good morning. Peter, good morning to you. That's right. Elaine Maxwell is waking back up in a prison cell this morning. When the verdict was read, she sat still and stoic. This after a near month-long trial filled with explicit and emotional testimony from her accusers. This morning, Ghislaine Maxwell, the former jet-setting companion of Jeffrey Epstein, is waking up a convicted sex offender who could spend the rest of her life behind bars. 
After five full days of deliberations, a jury found the 60-year-old socialite guilty of five out of six federal charges, including the most serious, sex trafficking of a minor. A unanimous jury has found Galen Maxwell guilty of one of the worst crimes imaginable, facilitating and participating in the sexual abuse of children. The jury of six men and six women heard emotional and graphic testimony from four accusers who say Maxwell groomed them for sexual abuse by Epstein when they were just teenagers. The women also accusing Maxwell of sometimes participating in the abuse herself, an allegation Maxwell has denied. After the verdict, Annie Farmer, one of the accusers, writing in a statement, I am so relieved and grateful that the jury recognized a pattern of predatory behavior that Maxwell engaged in for years. I hope that this verdict brings solace to all who need it and demonstrates that no one is above the law. During the nearly month-long trial, prosecutors focused on placing Maxwell at the center of Epstein's sex trafficking ring between 1994 and 2004, calling her the key to the whole operation. Their close relationship unveiled in new photos shown in court. The defense argued Maxwell was a government scapegoat after Epstein took his own life in 2019 in a Manhattan jail cell, awaiting his own sex trafficking trial, saying in closing arguments, she's being tried here for being with Jeffrey Epstein. Maybe that was the biggest mistake of her life, but that was not a crime. It's been a long time coming. For Virginia Roberts Jufre, one of Epstein and Maxwell's most prominent accusers who was not part of Maxwell's sex trafficking trial, the verdict was a step Towards justice. We were told constantly, you know, these people will never go to jail. They, they're too powerful. They're too rich. And, and we live in a new day. And it just goes to show that, you know, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. And in a statement issued last night, Maxwell's family says that their legal team has already started the appeal process and added that they believe in Maxwell's innocence. Meanwhile, the judge in this trial has not yet set a date for Maxwell's sentencing. Peter? Kathy Park in Lower Manhattan. Kathy, thank you very much. Now to the very latest on COVID. The World Health Organization says the state of COVID around the globe is just overwhelming, describing a tsunami of new cases. But there is some good news. Officials here in the U.S. are cautiously optimistic that Omicron may be less severe and lead to fewer hospitalizations than previous variants. NBC's Sam Brock has been covering this for us and has more this morning. Sam, good morning to you. Kristen, good morning. Let's start right now with breaking news from J&J. &J. With following an independent study of South African healthcare workers, found that the J&J &J vaccine and booster was 85% effective at preventing hospitalizations from COVID. It also offered strong protection for those healthcare workers that mixed and matched. That said, right now, Kristen, we are looking at eye-popping numbers across the country. Nearly 50,000 infections in Florida alone yesterday, a half a million for the U.S. The country is in the midst of an Omicron tidal wave. The average number of new COVID cases, nearly 300,000 a day, crushing the previous high water mark. On Wednesday, the U.S. breaking its single day record with almost 500,000 cases, nearly double the peak figures from last winter. The CDC is on the defensive, explaining why it slashed isolation guidelines for infected individuals from 10 days down to five if symptoms have fully disappeared, followed by five days of strict mask wearing around others. By the time five days of isolation has occurred, you probably have about 85 to 90 percent of all of your transmission potential behind you while you've been in isolation. 
The CDC facing some backlash from those who say the decision was driven more by getting people back to work than the science. This as a staggering 30% of New York City's EMS workers are out sick. Still, there are some encouraging signs. Many people with this new Omicron variant get asymptomatic infections. While new COVID-19 cases shot up 60% in the last week, hospitalizations rose just 14%, and the average number of daily deaths actually dropped by 7%. But the sheer volume of infections is overwhelming hospitals. 13,000 National Guard troops have been deployed in nearly every state to join frontline healthcare workers as alarm bells blare in Europe. I'm highly concerned that Omicron being more transmissible, circulating at the same time as Delta, is leading to a tsunami of cases. Experts say Europe's trends tend to mirror what we see here. We're probably in store for at least four weeks, maybe even longer, of a significant surge in cases here in the United States. And ER physicians say the best way to avoid the hospital, get vaccinated. Some will even ask that they can be vaccinated tonight, but I'll have to let them know that it's too late. In a positive development right now with massive testing lines that we've seen around the country, the FDA announcing two more over-the-counter COVID testing kits have been approved, hopefully expanding access for those people desperately searching on store shelves. Federal officials say they are a good tool, but PCR tests are still more effective, especially with Omicron. Kristen, back to you. All right, Sam Brock, thank you. The surge in COVID cases means this New Year's Eve may look a lot like it did last year, with some major cities canceling events altogether. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is joining us in just a moment to talk about what to expect in Times Square tomorrow night. But first, NBC's Jacob Sobroff is there for us this morning. Jacob, good morning. Peter, Kristen, good morning to you. Good morning to you all at home as well. The daily COVID positivity rate here in New York City is over 22%, but that is not stopping outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio from holding a modified celebration here in Times Square to ring in 2022. Times Square placing the finishing touches on its New Year's celebrations. And even if the welcome to 2022 party will be scaled back, tourists are still excited for the experience. We made the plans when things seemed like they were slowing down. And so we kind of just kept it and took our precautions. The famous balls in place and Wednesday saw a rehearsal for confetti. These few handfuls, a small preview of the 3,000 pounds of it that'll rain down on 15,000 fully vaccinated and masked attendees. Roughly a quarter of the crowd that normally gathers here. Chicago also moving ahead with their festivities, but choosing to spread out its fireworks along the river to alleviate crowding. Some other major cities are scrapping their celebrations. Atlanta, Los Angeles, and San Francisco canceled their large-scale events, and up the coast in Seattle, the Space Needle fireworks will explode over empty streets, as crowds won't be allowed to gather near the landmark to watch. The celebrations across the globe will look a little different. While Sydney, Australia plans to keep up its tradition of the first major fireworks in the world, we won't be seeing them light up the skies above Paris, London, Berlin, Athens, or Rome. So what can you do? Experts say opt for smaller gatherings with close friends and family where you know the vaccination status of attendees. And if you travel, test right afterward. If your plans are to go to a 40 to 50 person New Year's Eve party with all the bells and whistles and everybody hugging and kissing and wishing each other a happy new year, I would strongly recommend that this year we do not do that. So if you're around strangers, maybe save that midnight kiss for ringing in 2023. Hopefully.
Guys, attendees here in Times Square are going to witness something truly historic. The incoming mayor, Mayor-elect Eric Adams, will be sworn in right after that ball drops as the 110th mayor of the great city of New York. Right after that, he's going to have to get to work on issue number one, and that is COVID. Peter, Kristen, back to you. I'll see you over there in just a little bit. All right, Jacob, thanks so much. We'll see you back in the studio very shortly. Bill de Blasio is the mayor of New York City for two more days, wrapping up eight years in office. He approved keeping Times Square open to the public to watch the iconic ball drop on New Year's Eve, just as the number of new COVID cases breaks new records. Mayor de Blasio, good morning. Happy almost New Year's Eve to you. Good morning, Kristen. It's going to be a great New Year's. We're looking forward to 2022 getting past the COVID era. Well, that's for sure. Let me ask you about your decision to have the celebration, the ball drop. It is scaled back. They're going to be about 15,000 people, about a quarter of what was initially planned. But given that New York is yet again the epicenter, given that some local officials are calling for you to cancel the in-person event altogether, why not scale back that event even further? Look, I don't believe in shutdowns. We have to fight our way through COVID. And the way to do it is vaccination. We had the strongest vaccine mandates in the country. And now 91% of all New York City adults have had at least one dose of the vaccine. So uh, shutdowns are not the answer. The answer is get people vaccinated. This event is vaccination only. Everyone is gonna be, it's gonna be outdoors, vaccination only, masks required, socially distanced. But we want to show that we're moving forward and we want to show the world that New York City is fighting our way through this. It's May really Mayor important uh, to not give up in the face of this. Mayor de Blasio, just to put a fine point on it, are there any discussions about scaling back the in-person event further or canceling it outright? No, Kristen, this is, this is the decision we made with our healthcare team and all of those layers of protection. I mean, we said from the very beginning it would be vaccinated folks only and outdoors. And now we added the masks, the distancing. Uh, our healthcare leadership believes this is the right way to do it. Yeah. And our colleagues at the Times Square Alliance, uh, they believe adamantly, I agree with them. We gotta send a message to the world. Uh, New York City's open. Uh, our schools are coming back Monday, right. full strength. And the way to deal with COVID uh, is not shutdowns. It's even more in terms of vaccination, doubling down on vaccination. Mr. Mayor, Our private me... sector vaccine mandate started Monday, and that's what's one of the things that's gonna see us through this moment. Let me ask you about the frontline staffing shortages, if I can for a moment. As you know well, at the FDNY, their EMS workers are seeing 30% of their numbers out, of their staff out due to illness there. How big of a risk is that to public safety in this city? Peter, it's a really important question, but thank God we've got this five-day standard now. So what our, uh, what our first responder leaderships are saying, look, folks are cycling in and out. Uh, we, we want everyone to be healthy, but what we're seeing is very mild uh, illnesses, thank God. After five days, people coming right back on. Uh, we have the ability to weather this for sure. So I want you know, everyone to understand, uh, this city is strong and it's functioning right now really, really well, uh, because thank God, the vast majority of we have, you know, 94% of our public workforce vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, so folks are weathering this really quickly and well mayor, because they're vaccinated. Mayor, let me ask you about your eight years as mayor. During your tenure, homelessness has gone up. Police stops have gone down. As you know, racial inequality is still a major here, issue here in this city. So is New York better now after eight years of your leadership? 
Look, uh, New York's better because of New Yorkers. Uh, New Yorkers were heroic in fighting COVID these last two years. But I came here to fight inequality. Uh, we've proven it. Uh, independent studies have shown uh, we're able to put a lot more money back in the pockets of working people. Uh, wages have gone up. Uh, we've been able to give things like pre-K and 3K to all families for free universally. Uh, we have, after a really tough two years, we're once again turning the corner. Uh, this is the safest big city in America. That is a fact. Yeah. And look, I, I'm convinced New Yorkers have shown us just a heroism and a beautiful passion uh, to move forward in this crisis. And, and, and I'm convinced this place is better off than it was eight years ago. Mr. Mayor, our time is thin, so I'll go for a one-word answer here. You said you're seriously thinking about running for governor. What's next? Are you going to run for governor of New York State? I will be traveling New York State in just a matter of days, so I'll have more to say then. All right. I think I counted 15 words there, but it was a good effort. <laughs> Mr. Mayor Bill de Blasio, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. All right, thank you. Turning now to the latest on holiday travel. Flight cancellations are easing slightly as airlines work around the clock to get frustrated holiday travelers to their final destinations. But thousands of passengers are still stranded this morning ahead of another busy weekend. NBC's Steve Patterson is at one of the nation's busiest airports, LAX. Steve, good morning. Hey, Peter, good morning. More than 900 cancellations yesterday, hundreds more expected today. A far cry from the thousands we saw earlier this week. But with the variants still surging, with storms still raging, this isn't ending anytime soon. I just want to get home. Although cancellations have eased somewhat, the misery index at airports is still sky high. Delta canceling 250 flights and announcing vouchers for wayward travelers. United scratching more than 150 flights, while Alaska Airlines and JetBlue proactively thinning their flight schedules. The rash of cancellations, a continuation of the holiday chaos caused by surging Omicron numbers and severe weather. Not being with my parents for New Year's Eve, don't make me cry. The highest pain points felt at airports like Seattle where unclaimed bags are piling up. And with nearly 2 million people still flying daily, travel expert Scott Kyes says airport headaches aren't likely to ease anytime soon. We can expect this to continue through the holiday season, through the new year, and it probably will not let up until the actual travel rush lets up. Flights not the only travel disrupted, the cruise ship industry suffering too. Nearly 90 ships now under some kind of CDC monitoring for COVID outbreaks. Howard Benjamin and his wife stuck at sea after the Queen Mary II confirmed it won't return to New York after a rash of COVID cases. We don't know how we're getting home yet. This is winter weather wreaks havoc across the country. Icy roads causing this four mile backup in Wisconsin. 20 million Americans are under severe weather alerts, while the southeast braces for severe weather, including possible tornadoes like the one that ripped the roof off this civic center in Alabama overnight. And if you are flying anywhere anytime soon, experts recommend that you come prepared, have a backup plan, know the customer service number of the carrier that you're flying. And remember that if you do have a cancellation, it is federal law that you're owed a full cash refund. Important to remember.
Peter. Steve Patterson at LAX. Steve, thank you. We want to bring in NBC meteorologist Jeff Ranieri again today for the hey. holiday weekend travel forecast. He's Here in it all is. week. For Al, Jeff, good morning. Hey, good morning, you all. And we've got you covered when it comes to those delays. Right now on the map, we've got heavy rain in Los Angeles and strong storms moving through Atlanta. By tomorrow, the threat shifts towards Phoenix with major delays. And we'll also see the East Coast uh, beginning to see some more in towards Atlanta. By Saturday's forecast, we've got major delays from Chicago to Denver, three to seven inches of snow and more storms developing through the southeast. And that is a look at your national forecast. So again, and things this weekend flip flop here. The West Coast, we start to see those delays really kind of go down, but it's going to be all about the Midwest over towards the East Coast. So double, triple, quadruple check uh, those flight plans. Uh, Kristen and Peter, that includes me too, right? I got to get back to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, safe travels to you, our friend. Safe it's been great travels. being with you this week. And sure coming up has. right here, this is a wild one. How a maintenance Ooh. worker got into a zoo enclosure where he was attacked by a rare tiger and why the man may now face criminal charges this morning. Oof. Plus, after a banner year for space exploration from civilian blastoffs to a parachute landing on Mars, what's in store for 2022? Our Tom Costello looks ahead to the new international space race. But first, this is today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back now at 7.30 on a Thursday morning, December 30th, 2021. We're almost there to 2022. I'm here with my friends Peter Alexander. We're in for Savannah and Hoda this morning, along with Jacob Soboroff, who just made it back. I ran so Square. fast, you guys. To you get ran. Here. You've come in from the cold. <laughs> nice job. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. It was a little chilly out there. It's going to be fun, I think, for the people who show up. I think so, yeah. Some people fired up to very scaled back celebration That's that right. they're going to have. Yeah, 15,000 versus what they had planned before. We want to get a check on your 730 headlines right now. The Biden administration is looking to end the Trump era policy, what's known as remain in Mexico. It asked the Supreme Court yesterday to rule on that directive that forces thousands of asylum seekers to wait in Mexico until their cases can be heard in a U.S. court. A federal appeals court has now twice thwarted the administration's efforts to terminate the policy. There is no word on when a decision could come down. Meanwhile, Amazon is responding this morning to an alleged incident involving its Alexa virtual assistant. 
A woman says Alexa gave her 10-year-old daughter some dangerous advice. She says that the young girl used her Echo Smart speaker to ask Alexa for a challenge to do, and Alexa suggested the girl attempt a challenge that it had found on the web to plunge in a phone charger halfway into a wall outlet, then touch a penny to the exposed prongs. What? Amazon says it was notified of the incident and quickly fixed the error. Pretty big error. Pretty big error. Very scary. Uh, now to this. If you haven't checked your Powerball tickets from last night's drawing yet, here's a spoiler. We're sorry to say you did not win the big prize. But don't worry, none, uh, nobody else did either. That means the jackpot's going up again. It now stands at an estimated $483 million. The next drawing is Saturday night, so there is still plenty of time to go out and get your tickets. Good luck, everybody. That's for sure. All right, we do want to take a turn now and talk about a tiger attack that happened last night at a Florida zoo. After a maintenance worker crossed a barrier and entered the tiger's mm. enclosure, an officer then forced to shoot and kill the rare animal. NBC's Carrie Sanders has more on this very sad story this morning. Carrie, good morning. Yeah, good morning. The terrifying attack happened after hours at the Naples Zoo. Authorities believe that a maintenance worker went into an area where he shouldn't have been and reached into the tiger enclosure, and that's when the tiger latched onto his arm and would not let go. A terrifying tiger attack inside a Florida zoo, leaving one person hospitalized in intensive care. Medical emergency. Naples Zoo. It happened late Wednesday evening after the Naples Zoo had already closed to the public. Authorities say an outside maintenance worker who was supposed to be cleaning restrooms and the gift shop instead crossed a fence barrier and entered the tiger enclosure. Investigators say he reached through a second fence, possibly to pet or feed the adult tiger when the nearly 300-pound cat latched onto his arm. Sheriff's deputies quickly rushed to the scene, the first officer kicking the enclosure in an effort to scare the animal. When that didn't work, authorities say the deputy was forced to shoot the tiger, which caused it to retreat. Yeah, tiger is still inside the tiger cage. The zoo releasing a statement overnight calling the employee a third-party contractor with no authorization to be inside animal enclosures. The zoo also confirming as a result of the incident, the rare eight-year-old Malayan tiger named Echo died. Carrie, it's such an awful situation. Just how rare are these kinds of tiger attacks at zoos? Uh, it's very rare, and it's usually because a human making a mistake in the situation. But there are cases where tigers do attack. In 2016, China reported a woman jumped out of her car when she thought that her child was going to be attacked by a tiger, and then she was attacked and killed. And then you may remember back in 2007, a tiger actually got out of its enclosure in San Francisco and attacked three people. One person died. Two others were seriously injured. Yeah, but this recovery. particular case clearly avoidable. No doubt. I remember covering that awful story in San Francisco. Sad to see a similar situation mm -hmm. now. Carrie, thank you very much. And up next, we're looking ahead to the upcoming year in space exploration. With more civilians paying to blast off in 2022, including some big stars. So will 2022 be the year someone you know becomes an astronaut? Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, 
And yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the true crime original. We're back with our series, The New Space Race in 2021 is going down as a landmark year in space exploration from commercial space operation to NASA's mission to Mars. Experts say 2022 will also be a pretty big year and the U.S. has some serious competition as we look ahead to what's next. Here's NBC's Tom Costello. Godspeed inspiration for if 2021 proved anything, it's that the age of civilian spaceflight is here. If you're rich, famous, or you know somebody who is. A billionaire paid for three civilian astronauts to join him on a three-day SpaceX trip around the Earth, raising an astonishing $220 million for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Welcome to our Dragon capsule here in space. just want you all to know that we're doing this for you. Jeff Bezos sent 82-year-old Wally Funk to space, then 90-year-old William Shatner. So what does 2022 hold in store? To the next generation of dreamers, if we can do this, just imagine what you can do. A lot of unfinished business. Richard Branson went to space over the summer, but his Virgin Galactic still has not carried a single paying passenger as they work out redesign issues. They hope to start flying the backlog of famous paying passengers by the end of 2022, including Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, and Tom Hanks, each paying at least a quarter million dollars. Next month, SpaceX founder Elon Musk plans to test his monster Starship rocket that NASA hopes to use to send astronauts back to the moon later this decade. Some of those astronauts could be in the new astronaut class of 2021 just announced. 10 candidates chosen from 12,000 applicants. Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, plans to continue carrying paying passengers for quick 10-minute joyrides to space. But Blue Origin's bigger project is this, a new commercial space station called Orbital Reef, a sort of floating business park ready in five to eight years. Three, two, one. But the coolest mission of 2022, NASA's DART, will purposely crash into an asteroid's moon at 115,000 miles per hour next fall. NASA hopes to use that know-how to deflect future asteroids on a collision course with Earth. But the U.S. is not alone. China is going big on space, already building its own space station with plans to put humans on the moon as soon as 2030. From international competitors to America's rich and famous, Space Race 2022 is about to heat up. Analysts say China is dead serious about becoming the global leader in space and even space weapons. And there's anxiety in the White House and also in the Pentagon that China could soon outpace the United States in its space program, in its lunar program, and also as it relates to hypersonic weapons. 
Guys, back to you. Tom, thank you very much. Bieber, Hanks, Gaga, Welker? Definitely not. <laughs> no, no thing. I like to sit on my couch, watch, and cheer people on. I would go in two seconds. In two seconds. Sign me up. This is a message to our bosses. Yeah, my, Send my, me to space. Mine is the ticket price. Uh, I'm in on that. You're in? Okay. There you go. Well, I'll cheer you guys How on. How cool for Hanks, by the way. Apollo 13, he gets to actually go yeah, now. Yeah, that'll be that'll neat. Be that'll be neat. Hey, Jeff, what about you? Me I know too. you're watching the weather, but are you on board yes. or what? It's totally on board. As a meteorologist, <laughs> yes, sign me up. Jacob and I will head out. Peter, <laughs> See wait, Peter, are, are you going too? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, let's just all three. I'm on all the right. couch cheering you guys on. All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Uh, we are tracking uh, some severe weather this morning. We want to go ahead and get to that. And you can see it's right here through the southeast uh, from Birmingham over towards Atlanta. What we're dealing with is a line of th thunderstorms. It's really kind of training over the same spot with uh, some lightning as well. We've got a flood watch up in Birmingham. That's where we could see one to two inches per hour. So be real careful there. Now, as we get a look at our severe weather, we're going to see a new system develop tomorrow. That's going to bring us uh, some thunderstorms from Dallas to Little Rock right back into Nashville. We've got wind gusts of 60, hail, even the chance of some isolated tornadoes. Now that threat shifts more off to the east by Saturday. So from Nashville to Atlanta down to Jackson, Mississippi, we'll see more of that severe weather. Otherwise, what's happening nationally? We still have that record warmth over Texas. The upper Midwest, minus 20 to minus 40 on those wind chills. Uh, even if you got a, a lot of layers on, it's probably not going to be good enough for you. You just got to stay inside and be safe. And then out towards the west, we do have flood watches up there in Los Angeles. And that's a look at your national forecast. Uh, now get this, you guys, uh, the severe weather I just talked about back behind that, the, there's so much colder air. We're going to go from 74 in Dallas today to the 50s on Ooh. Sunday morning temperatures in the 20s. Mm. So if they didn't get a jacket out in Dallas for Christmas, it's maybe a good excuse to buy something for yourself. <laughs> yeah, quite a swing in those temps for the yeah. new year. All right, Jeff, thank you so much okay. for that. Well, still ahead, a TikTok trend we can get behind. Our Morgan Radford explores the viral time blocking method to reduce stress and increase productivity. That sounds good. We're all ears. But first, these messages. Let's make it four for four this week with Jacob. What's coming up next in Pop Star? Uh, it's going to be a good one. The real life holiday. One woman's viral TikTok about the popular movie heads to an actual house swap. Now she's headed on an adventure that just might take a romantic comedy, make it real, and millions of fans are following along. But first, your local news.